You're listening to the Get Out and Drive podcast with John Custom Car Nerd Meyer and Jason Old Car Guy Car. We'll be bringing you gearheads everything you never wanted to know about cars and why they should be on the road and not in your garage. Are you ready to get out and drive? Racing Junk is the number one racing and performance marketplace where you can post your racing junk for free. Parts, engines, race cars, trailers, project builds, muscle cars, chassis, tires, and so much more. Buy, sell, trade, and browse on Racing Junk and turn your garage into cash in your pocket. Or find that next dream on the site, built by gearheads for gearheads. And best of all, there's no transaction fees. 100% of what you make through your ad is yours to keep. Welcome back to another episode of Get Out and Drive podcast. My name is Jason Old Car Guy Car. And I am John Custom Car Nerd Meyer. You know, John, there's a lot of things that happen in the automotive industry these days that people aspire to do. And one of them just happens to be maybe, oh, I don't know, NASCAR, driving a NASCAR. Oh, definitely. NASCAR. NASCAR's evolved quite a lot in uh, in the past 20 years, heck, 10 years, and and safety and and definitely uh, uh, electronics and and everything from tires to driver to the uh, new generation uh, vehicles. You know, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, and as a youngster growing up in the 90s, I often looked at and saw, you know, I can drive fast. I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can change tires. But now, you know, 25 plus years later, I'm rocking the dad bod. So a lot of that energetic athletic stuff doesn't suit me very you, fine. I'm you comfortable probably, sitting. You probably couldn't run over the wall with a floor jack with a with a uh, with a jack at this time. I couldn't. And I think sitting on the couch is probably my contribution to the NASCAR <laughs> industry. But I've always had questions. How do folks get involved? Man, like you're talking like get involved with NASCAR if you don't want to be a driver or can't be a driver. I mean, be involved with NASCAR at all. There's There's got to be hundreds of different jobs. Absolutely. I mean, everybody aspires to want to drive one. Yeah. But some, some someone's got to give you the break. Someone's got to find you. You've got to have that access into the industry. And I think today we just might have that. So today on the Get Out and Drive podcast, we have AJ Ware from Petty GMS. AJ Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. How are you guys doing? I'm doing very well. How are you today? Doing great. Doing great. Awesome. Living the dream. Yes. I know we met and hung out for a bit at uh, SEMA 2021 in the racing yeah. junk booth. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. Right. Yep. yep. Tell, uh, tell us a little bit in a nutshell about what you do because you're not a you're not a nascar driver at least not not one that i've heard of today <laughs> correct no <laughs> but you do um, work for nascar i do i do i work for a nascar team i work for um where i started out is uh it's richard payton motorsports and um late last year we merged with uh gms racing so we're now uh petty gms we have uh two uh nascar cup teams and um, we split down to uh, GMS Racing where we had the truck team as well. Now, how long have you been with them? With the uh, Richard Petty brand now, this is going on my third season. Really out, truly, truly grinding. I would say this is my first full season because of COVID. Um, so, um, you know, I'm going out to, you know, a lot of events, getting out there, you know, meeting people and 
and, and getting my uh, hands dirty. So I, I sell sponsorships for the race team. You know, that's that's my that's my job. That's my duty. And primarily, that's my only duty um, there. You know, our team members have, you know, they wear a lot of different hats, but mine primarily stays on uh, finding uh, revenue, um, you know, for the team. So we all know that NASCAR offers big names and sponsorships. And one of the things that we often wonder is how much does it actually cost to get your name on that hood of that car? And I'm not asking for specific numbers. That's not what we're here to do. But people have questions like that, but there's got to be somebody behind getting that name on the hood of that car as, as either a primary sponsor, secondary, whatever it happens to be. What's involved from start to finish to get, say, company XYZ on the hood of that car? Um, well, for me, you know, I look for a partner that's going to complement our entire team, you know, um, because, you know, Petty's been around, you know, forever since the, you know, the start of NASCAR. So he has a brand himself, you know, shows someone a silhouette of Richie, you know, wearing the, the hat, you know, or the shades or whatever. And everybody would know who he is, you know, so being aligned with that brand is very delicate, you know, so I'm going out looking for maybe family owned businesses or ones that, you know, are handed down or are successful, uh, family oriented, um, you know, faith based. You know, um, you know, so those are those are easy wins for me to get that. And then we talk about that. What do they want out of the sponsorship, the partnership? Because um, ultimately, a, a, a true sponsorship, if you're doing or if I'm doing my job correctly, I'm solving a problem. You know, so if I go to, I don't know, brand X, Y, Z, so, hey, you know, what's your problem? What can I help you with? How can we leverage our race team? And they tell me we want to grow in China. Well, I can't help you. We don't race in China. So that's the end of it. But if they tell me something, hey, you know, we're trying to grow our brand over in um, in the U.S., say from, you know, 18-year-old to 35, you know, 35-year-old primarily, then, all right, then we got something to talk about. Then, you know, it gets granular, you know, from there, um, you know, what regions of the U.S. that you want to get into, how are we going to do it? Yeah, we'll put your name on the car, but it doesn't mean that someone's going to go out and buy your product simply because of that. They may, which is another conversation. How do we track that? You know, so all of that is in there. How do we plan people's emotions? And then it comes down, you know, to dollars. You know, it's, you know, a full season. Um, you're talking tens of millions of dollars, you know, to run a, a one car uh, successful uh, NASCAR Cup program. Wow. If, if you can narrow it down for our listeners, um, what is your job title? And generally, what do you do? My job title is uh, Director of Sales and Marketing for, right. uh, for Betty GMS. Uh, so, um, again, I'm, I'm searching for um, the new uh, partners to come into the team um, and, and make sure that they're successful. You know, I have a saying that, you know, I'll tell, you know, myself and, 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 and the team, like, it's a lot easier to keep our partners than it is for me to go out and find new ones. You know, so, you know, we bring them in. We definitely have to take care of them. Um, you know, given the wow factor and, and absolutely what we have to do is to, you know, outperform what we told them during the, the courtship is what I call it. You know, um, we definitely have to make sure that, um, you know, we are, we are over delivering on those, on those promises. So AJ, we talked about what you do now, uh, your title and, and what it is that you actually do for Petty GMS. I want to go back a little bit and talk about your past work experiences. Uh, tell us uh, how you kind of got yourself, say, from high school on up to where you are today. What, uh, what did you do right out of high school? 
went to the Marine Corps. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> so, so I'm 51. So I graduated high school in 1988. And honestly speaking, I wasn't quite ready for college yet. I didn't think so anyway. And this is why I'm cautious about my kids, what I let them watch and, and how I interact with kids. Tell you guys this quick story. So you mm-hmm. guys probably remember the show, The A-Team. Oh, yes. You know, so, um, yep. So the A-Team's out. So um, I love Hannibal. I love Hannibal Smith. So if you remember, he used to shoot, you know, sometimes he would sit in the helicopter and shoot at people. So <laughs> I literally walked to my recruiter's office. Look, this is what I want to do. I want to send a helicopter and shoot at people. Oh and he's like, God. no way. No way. You know, so <laughs> I go out. I, uh, I take the ASVAB and, and I pass. And it comes back. And he's like, look, you know, you have the score to do other stuff within the Marines. I was like, no, that's all I want to do. So went to Paris Island, graduated, went, ended up going to Camp Geiger, um, you know, here in North Carolina. And, and in the Marines, they, they tell you to go do stuff. Hey, wait, go over here and shoot this. Go over here and swim and do that. You don't ask questions, right? You just go do it. You ask questions, you're going to get your teeth knocked out, then you got to do it anyway. So mm-hmm. just go do it. But what they were doing, they were testing me. So I'm six foot five and I could shoot, you know? So um, when, when, the, um, when it came time for our duty stations, most of my classmates were going to Norfolk, Virginia. And I was happy because that's close, right? I wasn't going somewhere overseas and, you know, any of that. And when it came to my name, I'm aware. So my last name is Ware. So I was at the very end of the list. And so I had to go to my gunny's office and he said, look, this is where you're going. He put out an atlas. Again, this is 1989 now, right? An atlas. So he breaks out an atlas and he says, um, this whole page, this is the United States. And he flips it like eight pages. <laughs> points to a dot. This is the Philippines. This is where you're going for two and a half years. And guys, no exaggeration. I can feel the tears welling up at the bottom of my eyes. And I'm <laughs> blinking them back, right? Because I never left home. You know, but man, that was a great time. You know, over there, I ended up working in the um, at um, in the embassy and doing uh, patrol duty over over in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, you know, ended up doing Desert Shield, Desert Storm thing. Came back to uh, California and um, went to school there and ended up being a marksmanship coach. You know, and and ended up leaving that and and came back and my degree is nothing in motorsports, exercise science and physiology. So. You know, I was teaching people to work out, get in shape, you know, working with athletes, you know, that sort of thing. And um, um, but I always grew up around cars. My dad drag races. He grew up running the IHRA circuit um, here in North Carolina, the Rockinghams, Darlington, Bristol areas, doing the national meets and locally at a lot of our tracks. So um, I was around cars, you know, growing up and um, and realistically loved it, you know, and. But I never drove the car. I never got into it because, again, honestly speaking, it wasn't always rosy. You know, you hear about, um, you know, success stories of people racing. Hey, it's all it was not. Dad got home on maybe a Sunday night, maybe Monday, Monday morning, depending on where he's racing. He get home, you know, go to bed and he go to work from work. Where did he go? He went to the shop. He worked on the car Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, he's back on the road. And over time, mom got tired of that craziness. You know, she felt like a single mom. And they had a, let's just say they had a conversation, you know. So I was old enough to remember that. You know, I was like, okay, well, I don't want to do that. You know, you know, going out, I don't want to be on the road like that. And I, I did a different route. And as I got older, my wife and I owned spa business. And just one day, guys, just sitting in there listening to the elevated music. I'm surrounded by 40 ladies in the bag giving massages and things. And I'm like, I am tired of this. You know, <laughs> so um, I knew I wanted to get back into motorsports. 
I just went out and, and I got a job over in the uh, NHRA side with Don Schumacher Racing. It was commission based, it was 100% commission based, doing, um, you know, selling sponsorships. Grew from that, learned how to do that, uh, ended up, you know, getting a salary and, and other things. And I kept, I kept wanting to grow. And, and to me, the best opportunity to grow in sponsorship, who required the most money, was in NASCAR. So, um, again, shooting for the top, who do I go for in NASCAR? Richard Petty. So just reached out to him. Hey, you know, you guys need some help doing this. And um, the first year I was um, uh, kind of a trial thing because I didn't have any experience with it. And and after that, you know, it just grew. And here we are. So you sourced them out. You went to the top and you went for that brass ring and said. That was my first sale job to Richard Payton Motorsport. I had to sell myself <laughs> to them. Nice. 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 Shoot for the stars, kids. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You never know where you're going to land. And. I ended that's, up at it and, and had everything that's thrown at me. You wanted it, here you go. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. And before we go any further, AJ, uh, you had mentioned at the very beginning you are a Marine. Thank you for your service. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. It was, it's one of those, you know, you have a job where, you know, we all have that job, right, where somebody talks crap and you can't do anything about it. In the Marines, you can. <laughs> you know, go overseas <laughs> and, and take care of that, you know. So it was good. Thank you, guys. It was good stuff over there, for sure. Do you find that a lot of the sponsorships, does, do, do companies come to you with the need, or do you get from the company and say, hey, we need to find XYZ type of sponsorships? Is it is it both ways or percentage? It is both ways, but it's probably 10% inbound. This is just for us. I mean, other teams may be a little different. For us, it's about 10% inbound. And 90% wow. us going out there and shaking the trees. Yeah, so we really try to find those that, again, they're going to fit, you know, with the brand or uh, a category that we have open. You know, we may have the official beverage or the official lubricant or, you know, something like that. So sometimes it gets, you know, specific as well if we want to do an exclusive category. So, AJ, when we're talking about sponsorships, one of the things uh, that may come up in that conversation uh, might be, you know, what can I do for you? What can you do for me? Uh, right. What seems to be that number one, what can I do for you as, you know, the petty GMS spokesperson? For me asking that question, um, probably the number one answer is sales. You know, they want to see that dollar amount at the end of it, right? You know, so um, then, okay, who we, that's when I get, that's when I ask even more questions, you know? So I'm really, you know, picking their brain because I want to, be an extension of their sales team. Basically, is what it is. I'm an extension of the sales and marketing team. You know, I want to be you know part of those conversations when they talk about spending money somewhere. I would love for Petty GMS to be in that conversation. So um, it's definitely sales. And then, okay, sales where? Sales to who? How many sales? How do we track those sales? Um, is it a sales team? Is it a salesperson? Or is it, um, like, for example, um, you know, this is pretty cool. This is the first time I've done this. So um, next weekend, we're going to be racing in Bristol, Bristol Dirt. Mm -hmm. um, so we have the uh, the 42 to 43 car. Uh, the 42 has uh, gain the detergent. 43 has tied the detergent. A lot of people were confused about that because they are, quote, unquote, competitors. But they are both owned by um, Procter & Gamble brands. So we're going to have some fun with a little in-house robbery, you know, sort of thing. But that sponsorship for us made sense. We're racing on dirt. Dirt, yeah, right. We're selling game. 
you know, so um, and what we did last year when Eric ran out there, you know, driver Eric Jones, um, you know, he was covered, you know, in dirt. You know, you're going around those, it's just dirt. If you've been to Bristol, you know, that dirt mm-hmm. can go anywhere, that dust cloud. And so just covered, you know, and but we went back and threw that fire, um, that fire suit, the driver's suit over in the washer, threw some tide in it, came out and it was perfectly white. So that sponsorship made sense to us. All of our listeners know there's, it's not racing unless there's dirt in your beer. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's right. Dirt and a little bit of grease here and there. Yes, exactly. Man, I, uh, having, having Tide or, uh, any kind of laundry detergent as a sponsor, that's, that's just a match made in heaven. You know, it is, you know, it, and people know, you know, it smells, you know, and, and that's something else that we have to you know, taking account with the sponsorship, you know, we try to touch, you know, all the five senses, you know, you know, can they eat it? No, we don't want you to actually put out a disclaimer. Do not eat the pods, you know, <laughs> oh my. do not eat the pods, you know. So, uh, so we have that. And, and of course, you know, they can see it. Uh, they can hear the car. They can smell, you know, the product. So um, that's when this is successful, a very successful sponsorship. where We can touch as many of those senses as, as we can and get people engaged and people know. Uh, another thermometer that I use is uh, the merch sale, the merchandise sales. You know, how many of those die casts are we selling, pre-selling? How many of the shirts, the caps, you know, things like that. How many do I see at the racetrack? Um, just a lot that we look at, you know, for a successful campaign. But it is good to see um, the fans come back. Tide is by no means new to NASCAR. Um, it's been around forever. They took, you know, we're a little dormant for a while, but um, it's great to be, um, you know, partner with them and see their enthusiasm especially with their open minds with bringing in their, their sister product game. I just wanted to say that you took the words out of my mouth. Tide has been around for a long time, you know, long time sponsor of Daryl Waltrip. I mean, he's kind of what put Tide on the map. And now here we are in 2022 with one of the biggest names in NASCAR and one of the biggest sponsors. I think that's pretty cool that we kind of come back to, you know, the roots of NASCAR with some of these somewhat old time sponsorships. Correct. And that's just, uh, you know, that's hats off to the, the, you know, NASCAR brand itself. You know, it works. You know, if it didn't work, they wouldn't be coming back. Right. So, you know, they knew what it was, you know, back in the day, hey, it worked here. Let's go back. And and that's actually something that, you know, I tell our team in our approach. They said, well, hey, it wasn't broken before. It just changed a little bit, but it's not broken. You know, so we do go back and look at, you know, some of those, um, engagement, some of the paint schemes even, you know, we like to, you know, keep the history going, you know, a little bit. Um, we, we changed it up, you know, a lot because we want our own identity, right? You know, with, um, you know, uh, RPM and, and now, you know, pay the GMS. So we have that. Um, but um, it is good to see like so many, like STP, we're going on our 51st year of having STP associated with Petty. I mean, man, it's just awesome. I mean, I don't think there's another brand in, in motorsports that's been around that long with one person. No, I, I I don't believe so, and that's like synonymous with with Petty. You look at the colors, you look at the red, white, and blue, and it's all surrounded by that. And I can see chrome bumpered cars. And as NASCAR evolved through the late seventies and eighties and nineties, it's still those colors, but it's still fresh. And and that's that's a long term partner. Yeah, and it's great to have them on board. They still want to be engaged and. And we're talking to them right now. You know, we, we had a conversation and I'm laughing because, you know, they've been a partner for Petty forever. And they say, well, hey, you know, let's do a throwback scheme for, for Darlington. 
we can just run the same cover in last year. It's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. the same sponsor. <laughs> Let's not kill ourselves with this, you know. But um, but you know, we're working on it. We're trying to work on something different this year. You know, we actually want to keep it fresh and put some thought into it. Um, you know, which year you know comes out and and uh, we do have a plan. You know, we this is the first time in a very long time that we've had the forty two back within the petty you know uh, brand. So we're thinking about something like that. But I mean, you're right. You know, it's um. Um, you know, having STP on board is great. We changed it up a little bit last year, so we went with the uh, the 1999 John Andretti, you know, version of uh, the STP. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, paying a tribute to him, great friend. Andretti's are we call them our racing cousins. Um, <laughs> you know, very very tight, the Petty and the Andretti brand, um, and their families. And so we did that, but we changed it up a little bit. We didn't go with the red. We went with a, a burnt orange, mm-hmm. you know, for the color. And um, so we tried to change it a little bit to make it distinctive, but. Um, definitely, you know, it's great to have STP on board for that for that long and, and engaged, by the way. You know, Jason, we sure get to talk a lot. Yes, and some of us more than others. Who, me? I'm not pointing any fingers. Yes, you are. But we want to hear from our listeners. Just go to our website, getoutanddrive.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click the listener hotline button. We want to hear from you. Cool stories, breakdown stories. Questions, comments. Hate mail. Even hate mail? Even hate mail. You got a car show in your area? Let us know. Tell us an interesting story. Let us know what you like to get out and drive. So one thing I guess that I want to know is, you know, we talk about, uh, we talk a lot on the Get Out and Drive podcast about what drives youth. And we want to know what is being done within NASCAR, maybe even specifically within Petty GMS, uh, to bring youth back into uh, NASCAR or bring them into NASCAR uh, to show them kind of the ropes. Uh, what kind of programs are there that uh, you know NASCAR is putting together or that Petty GMS is putting together to help bring youth into the sport again? Um, I'll probably start with the STEM programs, you know, that we have. Um, and that's at the NASCAR level. That's at several team levels. You know, some of our competitors have STEM programs. We're developing one here. Um, I'm actually on a... Um, on the um, advisory board for a local college here, uh, Winston-Salem State University. Um, just getting out and and going to them, you know, not really relying on the on the kids to get to the track because you know that's kind of hard and and it's very overwhelming. I mean, this is NASCAR; it's big, it's a monster. You know, we go in, we do our thing, and then next weekend we're somewhere else. So it's getting in and, and letting them know that there are different opportunities. Kind of like myself, you know, I'm not driving, right? I'm not working on the car, and and it's really good because I, as I go through some of the tracks, I have kids stop and ask me because I'm semi-dressed up. I have on business shoes. I have on black dockers. I have on a shirt that's tucked in. So they know this guy absolutely cannot be working on the car. What do you do? You know, so, um, awesome. so then, and then I, you know, I'll let them know, look, this is, this is what I did. So, oh, we didn't know about that. So it's one, being approachable and, you know, just taking that little bit of time. And, and I do that because that's how I got started. You know, I, I used to go to the track, you know, with my dad and I get lost. You know, I go out and talk to the pro guys and, and hanging out. And again, it was, you know, I grew up in around drag racing and you guys know how accessible a drag race is. You can just walk in the hall if you want to pretty much, you know. Right. So I was always around those drivers and I remember that. And now I'm in the sport. So I really give it, you know, to those drivers back in the, the late 70s, early 80s for giving me their time. And now I'm trying to repay that favor by giving those other kids, you know, a little bit of my time. You know, um, I think, you know, it's a 
it's a compliment when you can teach something. That means you kind of sort of know it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's, I would say, you know, the STEM programs there, um, you know, getting the colleges out. Uh, we have Air Force as one of our partners. So they partner with uh, a lot of local schools and we bring them, you know, out as well. Again, that's one of those great partnerships, right? So, so STEM program, they, whether they go out and, and they go out and fly a drone or something or, you know, on a tank or they learn mechanics and come back and they can be one of our engineers. They can be one of our, um, they can work, they want to travel, they can work back at our shop. And um, we have a NOC, it's a network operating center. Um, so they can work within that. Um, so it's a lot that they can do rather than just going to the track every weekend and, and working on the car and getting their hands dirty. We need those brains and, and that's, you know, that's what the kids are for. And, 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 you know, like technology, right? Like our phones, if something breaks down on my phone, I'm asking my 15 year old, you know, like, look, I'm not even wasting time trying to look it up. Look, Aiden, fix this, you know, and he's got it, you know, so those kids come in with fresh ideas, fresh eyes, fresh ways of thinking. Um, I mean, and they're the future of our sport. They're the future of all motorsports. So definitely it, it has to be a, a priority to get them engaged and keep them engaged. I know as a, an adult child myself, <laughs> co- collecting uh, everything with wheels that moves, um, do, and I know NASCAR in itself as an entity and teams have, um, do you find uh, Petty GMS uh, targeting uh, the youth market? or the older youth market, which is me, uh, for NASCAR collectibles and things like that, do you target specifically a certain age uh, with uh, paint schemes or uh, die cast or things like that, you know, generally trying to do that? Um, we try to do everything. You know, there's a lot of history in, in NASCAR. And and if you don't believe me, just go on one of these social media sites, they'll let you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll change up something, you'll see it. Oh, I don't like that. You know, like when we like the new next gen car. I mean, how many right. negative comments? Hey, we moved the number back. Oh no, we don't. So it's everything, you know. So wow, you know. So we really try to get everybody. Try to please everybody. I know that's that cliche. You can't please everybody, but I think in certain situations you can. You know, we can put out the flat. You know, like I mentioned earlier, the burnt orange mm-hmm. rather than the red. You know, so we put that as a little bit flashier. Um, you know, put that out there for the youth, but it's still STP, mm-hmm. which is an appeal to the older crowd. They understand it. I'm still petting. The older crowd will understand it, but it's got the new look, the new car look, and it's got the fresh colors to appeal to uh, a younger audience. So, yeah, we try to do both. Yeah. Us us geeks are watching you, man. We know. <laughs> and we know. Yeah. And, look, and you're keeping us in line, which I appreciate. So, remember, I didn't grow up in NASCAR, so... It's great to have, you know, people, you know, kind of, you know, keep me in check every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) So quick question for you. Uh, I just received a text from one of our get out and drive production staff. And uh, she's asking, what's it going to cost us to get a get out and drive sticker on one of your petty uh, cars? Oh, man. Oh, I don't know. It depends on what race, what size sticker, you know, all of that. But I can absolutely make that happen. Awesome. Well, that sounds fantastic. I will look for it on the next diecast that I buy. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can see that going around the track at 195 miles an hour, you're doing good. <laughs> wow. Right, right. Wow. We have uh, uh, had our logo. Uh, I think the fastest we've run is 216 miles an hour uh, on, uh, oh, yeah, on Big Red Camaro. 
So we'll, uh, that's, I think that's the fastest one of our decals has run. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you'll let us know if one goes faster. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we'll break that one. We may have to call out my buddy, Joe Morrison and put it on the side of his, uh, top fuel dragster. Yes, <laughs> that is. And we love it. Hashtag get out and drive fast. Right. Right. Literally. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, that is, man, that is totally cool. It, do you feel it's it's kind of uh, kind of weird being immersed in what you do? Because what you do, and you said you're walking around and you're obviously dressed well, uh, and someone recognizes that you're not um, going to be working on a car and you're not going to be over the wall and things like that, and they recognize that you're dressed differently than everyone else. Does it seem surreal when you realize what you're being, what you're involved with? It does. And it's great to get that reminder because I understand, you know, my role, my positioning in life and, and what I do and the responsibilities that come along with that. You know, kind of what I mentioned earlier, you know, about our partners, you know, working with the Petty brand. Well, I have to represent that brand every single day, you know, day in and day out. Um, I have people, you know, i and I forget, I get out and I'm wearing petty gear and I get out and I go to the grocery store. People stop me. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, tell Richard I said hello. Or do you know Richard? I say, yeah, I see him quite a bit, you yeah. know. And so so it's, it is a responsibility, you know, to do that. And, and every now and then I have, you know, very surreal moments. I had one again this year, you know, so, you know, because of COVID, you know, we didn't have fans in the stands. And uh, the Daytona 500 this year was sold out. You know, so well over 100,000 fans packed in the stadium and we're standing out there, you know, at attention, you know, hands across the heart and the Thunderbirds are flying over doing the national anthem, you know, wow. and, and cold chills, right? You know, standing out there, yeah. like, yeah, it's back, you know, and let's get this thing started. And, you know, uh, Trace Atkins is singing the, the national anthem. So it was it was another, you know, surreal moment. And every now and then I have that, I had that reminder when I'm with Richard and we'd go out and we'd do a, autograph signing and, and and I see people, you know, fighting to get in line or I see a line wrapped around the building. And I'm like, man, this guy is 84 years old. Mm-hmm. And still he's signing autographs for people who weren't even born when he drove his last race. Yes. You know, I'm like, how do you even know Richard? You know, so but it's 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 the power of branding and what he does, you know, day in and day out. And 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 he's so in tune with it that you know, it's it's like sometimes I'm gonna say the bad person, but I had to police that a little bit because he gets tired, and I kind of know that threshold's around an hour if he wants to sign autographs. So I stand out and I cut the line off just so he doesn't have to do it. So nobody can say, "Hey, Richard Petty cut me off and wouldn't give me his autograph." Mm-hmm. Now I'll do it for him. You know, I'll be that person. Be the heavy. The- the the person yeah. you're hanging out with and going to dinner with, uh, two hundred people are wrapped around the building just to see him for a moment. A moment, you know, and and just this past weekend, you know, at Richmond, and and I saw a guy. He had the um the old uh, Plymouth uh, Richard Petty shirt on, and I'm walking by the guy, and 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 Richmond's got that new setup with the garage, so they can see the haulers, they can see the cars, and and I was walking by the guy. I was going to the uh, the grid, and and I just asked him, Hey, did did you did Richard see you know your shirt? I said that's a nice shirt. He said No, I've never met him. And I literally turned around and I pointed, dude, he's sitting right there. Mm-mm. The dude took off running. He said, oh my gosh, this guy, a grown man, just ran off. And and I'm sitting there thinking, I say, I have the privilege 
of being able to sit with Richard if I want to every single day. Right. You know, so yeah, I had to I had to remind myself, you know, that how fortunate you know I am. That that has to be an amazing feeling. I can't even uh I I don't know. Like I can't even figure it out. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you the best part of that, John. Yeah. Is sitting around listening because when you see Richard, you'll see Dale Emmett. You know, his old crew chief, you see old eight right. time, you know, somewhere close by. Sure. And when they go out, again, I, I didn't grow up in NASCAR, but hearing those stories, and trust me, they're golden. <laughs> There's some golden stories that come out. And I'm sitting there like, what? You know, and we know the history of, uh, of NASCAR and uh, the running and, you know, things like that. And uh, to hear some of those stories of what happened back in the day and, and, and how it changed and, the history is it's pretty cool to hear it firsthand. It hasn't been passed down. It's from someone who did it. So it's oh, definitely. Cool he, he'd stories. have to be a wealth of information for the evolution of NASCAR technology. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be it, be it safety or physical technology of anything, how the car's built, handling, speed, aerodynamics, a hundred different things. Just to pick that man's brain for a few moment, a few minutes, or an hour, or whatever about that uh, is is just is an incredible thing. Right, right. And his first story about something, you know, to that point mm-hmm. was um, um, when he invented the window net on the on the uh, on the cars. Mm-hmm. That came from him. Right. You know, he was out and his arms flayed. I forgot what race it was. And the next race, um, his wife just knitted a net from here, put it on the car, and next thing you know. Everybody's got one. So it's pretty cool to see, you know, those innovations, you know, come out. It didn't come from uh, NASCAR mandate. It was a racer just trying to make himself safer. Mm -hmm. Then the rest of the sport just kind of picked it up. You know, one of the things I think that we take for granted is that no matter how close or how far away from somebody you are, whether it be NASCAR, whether it be Hollywood, these are just regular people. And, the king has made himself the king uh, based on doing something that he loves, uh, being very personable with the crowd. Uh, anytime that I've ever seen, you know, Richard Petty doing what he does, he's always got that smile on his face. He absolutely loves doing what he does. And from what I can tell, AJ, you do too. And I think that you seem like you fit right in. Uh, you talked earlier about having that partnership and, and making sure that, you know, sponsors fit in with the team. And I think based on the conversation that we're having here today, uh, you do that very well with Petty GMS. Thank you. Thank you. And even the other side, so we spoke about, you know, Richard, because, you know, that's where I started. So we had the GMS side. We have Maury Gallagher, you know, who's also the CEO of uh, Allegiant Airlines. And, of course, you know, Mike Beam, my president, and, and Brian Moffat, I – executive vice president, those guys are out there grinding, you know, and, and with, um, you know, Maury, you know, it comes in, you know, Legion, he's got the stadium out in Las Vegas. Um, he's got a new resort he's building down in Florida, um, you know, Sunseeker. So it's a lot because we went from just the 43. Now we have all these properties. we got the, you know, the 42 to 43. we got the 23 to 24 in trucks. Got the, um, the, um, the 43 in Arca. So it's, it's, it's big, but it's also exciting. You know, we've, you know, we brought along some some great new partners, you know, this season with uh, Focus Factor and and Black Rifle Coffee. Those guys are awesome over there. And and so it's, um, you know, it's good. You know, yeah, we have, you know, Richard Petty and everybody knows them, but 
man, you look at all the the wins that GMS has had, the world championships they won over in trucks. So it's um it's been great, you know, the success and you know, that we're running a lot better this season. Um, you know, and that's that can be contributed to a lot. You know, we've got you know the new team, the new car, uh, new crew chiefs are you know in and and again having that knowledge from you know Mike Beam and the rest of those guys over at um you know GMS. Um, it's, it's been a it's been a good good season so far, but we're still hungry. We still need those wins, you know, to come in. But it's it's baby steps. You know, you got to crawl a little bit before you can, you know, walk and run. But um, but we're gonna get there. You know, our new hashtag that we use on social media is is uh is a hashtag. This is our time. You know, and that was taken from Maury when um you know when we announced that you know this is a partnership and Maury his his phrase was this is our moment in time. But that's a little bit too long having a hashtag. So <laughs> we just we just shortened it and said this is our time as a reminder to our team. You know, because again, I love what I do. Um, you know, half of my office is at a racetrack, but we get tired at times, right? You know, it kind of beats you down, you know, over time. And and when I lose a fish, I lose the partner to somebody else. But that hashtag reminds me, this is our time, and it keeps me hungry. And so um, it's really good to have, you know, Penny on one side and Maury and, and Mike and GMS on the other side pretty good. Yeah, you you don't realize uh as as a lot of people have and you see photographs, you see a moment in time. Right. Don't realize today's Wednesday, I believe today's Wednesday. So, I don't even know. Um yeah. but today is history. I mean, there's something happening. There may have there maybe maybe something happening with uh uh Petty GMS that you were involved with at a race this weekend or this month or soon coming up, that is a pivotal moment in NASCAR. And for you, it's a weekend. Right. right. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, so you give it 110% all the time. So you can look back on the past and you can see that little moment in time. And you can say, I was there at that event. And my actions led to helping this event happen or a photograph or whatever. And and it's amazing to be in your position and to be in Richard Petty's position to look back in the history of his uh, NASCAR racing career and say, I remember that weekend. That was the weekend that I felt bad or I was sick or I, I put on two left shoes in the dark or something silly, but the world doesn't know that. But him, he is a person. He can look back and say, "Man, I remember that weekend. I won at Bristol in that weekend, and this and that." And and it's uh, that's that has to be an amazing feeling. You know, it is. And the one that really stands out to me, you know, when you mention that, John, is you know when we ran, the, you know, the Black Lives Matter car when we had Bubba. You know, is and, and I understand people on both sides of the fence. I get that. You know, I, I do. I grew up in North Carolina. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, so but I remember that conversation. I remember. Is a Tuesday, Tuesday night. I remember ten seventeen. You know, I, I I vividly remember that because when I look down and and our CEO is calling me at you know after ten o'clock at night, that's a problem, right? You know? So I'm thinking, okay, why is he calling me this late? So and that was a discussion that we had is you know running that car, designing that car, mm-hmm. you know, getting it out. And that was a Tuesday, and it was on the track on a Wednesday. And I remember every paint scheme, by the way, that we come up with that are, that is new we had to submit it to NASCAR for approval. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, sending it in and them coming back and you know, like, yeah, I said, okay. And we knew kind of what it was going to do, but man, that was like, wow. 
you know, it, it was it was completely different, you know. So um, um, that was one of those moments in time, you know, that you mentioned for sure. Yes. For sure. Yeah, it, that's that has to be a memory that's just going to be burned into your brain forever. Because it is, you know, it's. But I think, you know, there's there good and bad out of it. But I think for the most part, you know, it was a lot of good. I like to think so anyway, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, honestly speaking, I never had a problem before that in NASCAR. You know, I'd go around and, you know, I was never disrespected or you know anything and. I'm not hard to find. I'm six foot five. So I stand up. People saw me, you know, yeah. but I never, you know, had any kind of negativity or anything, you know, within our sport, um, you know, at all. And again, you know, I grew up in the Great. South and, you know, I get it, but I, I, ne- I honestly never had any, any trouble even before. Even now, I, I don't. Fantastic. Yep. Jason, we've got a new ambassador for National Get Out and Drive Day this year. I've heard that and I'm pretty excited about it, too northeastwheelevents.com there'll be a new ambassador for national get out and drive day which is this year october 2nd 2022 and if you want to list your event you can go to northeastwheelsevents.com and tell everybody about what's coming up in your area we've chosen an upcoming show that's listed on northeastwheelevents.com may 1st is a day in May. That is a show that the proceeds go to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. If you're in the Northeast, go to northeastwheelevents.com. Find out about shows in your area. We touched on uh, NASCAR with diecast and and kids and things like that. How many hoops do the diecast producers have to jump through to get you're okay to make a car or is it, I mean, there has to be some kind of hoops and things like that. Or do you run uh, a paint scheme specifically because uh, a die cast entity uh, asked you to, or is there any kind of partnership there? Um, I'll answer as much as I know. Okay. Our VP of licensing, you know, Jim Hannigan runs that operation. He does it well. He's a one man wrecking crew when it comes to licensing. Uh, but the, the design of the car is a is an agreement between the race team and the sponsor um and so um um, the sponsor typically comes out with an idea and again nascar's got these rules that we have to live within and of course our sponsors don't know that you know you know the size and of the the font and all that and and the way it looks and where it's positioned on the car angles and all that and and our uh creative guy um you know bradley uh does a great job with that um you know getting those cars out um, so I just come up, hey, here's the partner, and I pass it off. If you guys, you know, design the car, put it together, and and then it gets to Jim. But it's a lot of hoops that I do know because I see the paperwork on his desk. Mm-hmm. I see things, and we have our weekly meeting. Um, you know, it comes down. It's kind of a temperature check. You know, we'll put out pre-sales. You know, and it has to hit a certain number even before an official order goes in. You know, so then once that official order goes in, then then the diecast is created and it goes on sale and it goes to this on this website or it, it comes to us and it may go to NASCAR.com or, you know, something like that. So it's um, it is a process for sure. Exactly how many hoops? I don't know, but it's it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. And then, of course, you have multiple diecasts, right? You know, um, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, we mentioned the Tide. So the Tide's coming out. That's our active one right now, Tide and Gain. I don't know. So we'll see. But it is some hoops for sure. Wow. Yeah, that's always intrigued me about uh, licensing and things like that for uh, for making life-size things that are popular in miniature and, and making them accurately. Correct. You know, and, and again, you know, Jim has that eye and, and we're spotting them. You know, we can spot a fake a mile away because we just because mm-hmm. Jim's trained us. You know, so we know who makes what and who doesn't. We know if the 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 petty blue is off a little bit or mm-hmm. the design because we sat in on the design of it. You know, so we will know what goes where, and that's and I look at that as me growing my my history. So I know twenty years down the road, that's not it because this is what we did. That process is is very detailed. You know how those items get out, and and it's protected. You know they're licensed. You know they're protected. You know Jim's the um, the hound dog on that to make sure that um, the right people have our best interests at heart. And um, and but he does listen to you know he's got a great relationship you know with his vendors you know um, what sales positionings how many they have you know from shirts to male female to sometimes even hero cards you know how do we design you know design those you know do we put Eric's picture up there or do we put the car or do we do both you know, there's a lot of decisions have to be made by a lot of people that coming together to one end you know we talk about the positives of it yeah we've made mistakes we put out something that didn't sell. That didn't meet MOQ or something, and we're like, man, you know, we kind of missed the boat. Or we'll design something, and Bradley will come out with it, and we'll see the sneak peek. You know, it's almost like it'll bring tears. Say, like, oh my God, this is I cannot <laughs> wait for this to get out. The fans are going to go crazy, right. you know, with this design. You know, so we know almost immediately when we hit a home run. You know, then that's when Jim's foaming at the mouth. Hurry up and get it so I can just get it to my vendors, and he'll leak it to them so he can kind of sort of get. And sometimes, you know, the sponsors, you know, they'll they'll come in and they'll meet MOQ for themselves because they'll buy up, you know, do the 250 or 500, whatever the number is, and they'll get that to give to their employees or to their customers. And so I that see. car is still in circulation because that's extra branding, right? Even when that race is over, you know, years down the road, somebody's going to have that diecast five, six, 10, 20, 30 years later. And and it is, you know, because, again, I know a lot of our listeners are uh, NASCAR and diecast and toy collector geeks like I am. And if something is available in a limited number, uh, people are either going to hoard it or immediately flip it. Right. It's it's just it, again, it's amazing to be in your in your position to be available, to be to be part of that at all. The decision making in that. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we did this last year and you just reminded me, I forgot to mention this when you mentioned diecast. So we're sitting around and we just have this idea, Jim again, and, and this out of thin air. He's like, you know, there was never a die cast really made, a race one die cast really made of Rich's 200 win car. Let's do one. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's probably the most sold car that we've ever had. It was just an idea. Right. You know, I was like, hey, it was, you know, he, the 200 win car was there, but it wasn't in race one condition. You know, mm-hmm. so man's got the rubs on it, the tire marks, all that. Yeah, let's send it out. Yeah, and, and the and, and that's some of the most popular diecasts are the raced versions. Correct, correct. Or the ones, the, the win versions with the confetti and stuff all over the top of them and all correct. that. Just absolutely amazing. Yeah, and just for your listeners, I give, you know, I'll, I'll leak this for, for you know, being a you know, great listener of, you know, get out and drive. Um, if you're in Daytona, too, you know, coming up this season, Richard is going to sign 200 of those. Wow. Uh, wow. That's awesome. Diecast. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, there so, you go. You heard it first on Get Out and Drive podcast. You could uh, get the inside track. And just just as a note, too, is, you know, when you when you decide that you want to buy that 200 win die cast and whether it be the autographed copy or not, like you're going to set that up on a shelf. And I guarantee you it's going to sit by itself for a long time because Richard Petty is the only 200 win NASCAR driver ever. Right. Wow. Yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah. Again, history, history, history. It may be just a Tuesday or just a Sunday for some people, but history. History. Absolutely yeah, sure. crazy and amazing. I mean, I mean, I'm enlightened. First of all, I'm I'm just speechless. Second of all, you know, uh, I I got I got to meet you and hang out at uh, at SEMA. We talked about some oddball stuff for a few minutes and in the racingjunk.com uh, booth. I don't know. I, I can't even begin to put words together how cool it would be to be in your shoes and that your job is available for people that want to be part of um, anything at all. I mean, if people want to be part of ice skating, hang out with people that ice skate and you'll go somewhere. If you want to be part of NASCAR, call them up and cold call them and say, hey, this is what I do and this is uh, what I'd like to do. And I try and promote having the younger generation learn with their mouth shut. And that would be the biggest, best thing I could ever tell anyone. And it, you, you talked about that with the Marines. Correct, and, and, correct. and that's a very big, important thing with the Marines is learning with your mouth shut. And, and the, the forcing part is irrelevant, but it gives, it gives you character. <laughs> You know, it, it does. And it, it teaches good habits. You know, when I first got out, people, you know, they look at my resume and it was almost opening a door. Oh, you were in the Marines. Come on in. You got the job. And, you know, and the kids, you know, today, you know, the youth is out there and, you know, some may be, you know, intimidated by it. But I, I tell them, look, just go for it. No regrets. You know, none of that. Don't waste time. You know, there's things that, you know, I wish I would have done when I was younger. You know, someone told me that. And I mean, again, look at me. I didn't have a degree in marketing. You know, my degree is in something completely different. Um, and I'm working with probably the most famous NASCAR driver of all, the most recognizable for sure. Yeah, I mean, just go out and, and just ask, but definitely be ready. When I asked, I was ready, but I wasn't ready. If that, that makes sense, you know. It does. It does. Uh, you you think you're ready. <laughs> you think you're ready. <laughs> and today, but like, let me tell you the coolest thing. So I go in. I'm going in for the job interview, and so I pull up to the Petty Museum, and there's a new Camaro out there. I, uh, 19, they started doing donuts, right? And mm-hmm. so um, they tell me to wait so I don't get hit. And so the Camaro stops and, and they say, all right, you know, come on across the, the highway. So I'm walking out. So I'm walking the highway, the Camaro door opens and it's Richard. He's wow. in his own parking lot doing donuts and <laughs> then he was 81 years old, you know? So I'm like, I made the right choice coming for this job interview. That right there is worth it. To your point, a moment in time, right? I remember vividly my, my job interview. He was doing donuts in the parking lot. Yes. <laughs> Oh yeah. man, I I don't I don't know what to say, I I don't I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm just I don't know. Ridiculous. You've you've finally done it. You've made John speechless. <laughs> but, <laughs> ask but anybody that's hard. Too, right? Yeah, ask anybody. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So AJ, I know it was cool talking with you. How can our uh, NASCAR listeners find out more about uh, uh, Petty GMS? They can follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram at um, PettyGMS. Our website, as well as PettyGMS.com, so you can go over there and get some merchandise as well. 
Well, that sounds very simple and easy to find. One thing that I've learned from my brother-in-law over the years is he's got this neat little saying, and that saying is you'll never soar with the eagles if you're going to hang out with turkeys. Mm-hmm. And I think one that kind of ties into this very well to say, if you're just going to go out and you're going to hang and do uh, a, a menial job for the rest of your life, well, that is all you will aspire to be. Uh, but if you do have those aspirations to get out and do something special with your life, uh, go out and say, I want to do that job. I want to work with this certain person, or I want to work with this certain company. You're going to do it because the power of your mind that says, I'm going to get out and make it happen. And there's a lot of people who just don't have that motivation today. And again, I've said, I said it earlier before I see it in you, AJ, I see that you've got that and you've had that motivation to get you where you are today. And it's been an absolute pleasure getting to talk with you today. Yep. Thank you guys. You know, had a blast. I appreciate your time and, and, uh, you know, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Cool. Totally cool, man. Thanks for hanging with us. Thank you guys. You know, Jason, I know you're new to the Get Out and Drive podcast. Don't you have something else on YouTube like every Thursday? Yeah, we have a podcast style live stream that happens on YouTube called the Car Guy and Six Fan Show. It's myself and Grant Tommy who goes by Straight Six Fan on YouTube. And we talk a lot about cars, only it's live. If you're not getting enough on the Get Out and Drive podcast, you can head over to the Car Guy and Six Fan Show every Thursday evening at 7 o'clock Central. It's a collaborative effort between myself and Straight Six Fan, so it alternates from my YouTube channel to his every Thursday night. I've been there. It's cool. That's where all the cool guys hang out. It sure is, and we look forward to seeing you again. Are you looking for more action-packed car content? Head over to YouTube for the Car Guy and Six Fan Show on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Find a link in the show notes and let them know you heard about it from the Get Out and Drive podcast. Speed over to our friends at RacingJunk.com and sign up for a Pro Club membership. Use the code GETOUT to receive a discount when you sign up for a Pro Club membership. Cruise on over to our website, GetOutAndDrive.com, for all the info you never wanted to know about our podcast. Hit us up on our listener hotline, be the first to know what's happening, get industry news, and grab your Get Out and Drive merch. Connect with us on social media. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Follow us on Twitter at Get Out and Drive Pod. What drives you? you?